Welcome to Stratagems, a podcast where we talk about Stratacorporation issues in British Columbia. My name's Barry Burko, and I'll be your host. So welcome to Stratagems. Today on our show, we've got Pat Williams, a principal, Clark Wilson. Hi, Pat. How are you? Just fine. Thank you. Good. I've known Pat for, I, I want to say, over 20 years, and I'm not sure that's true. Is it true? I think it is true. Oh, it's well beyond that, I think. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it lies. It does. In my view, Pat is probably one of the most preeminent uh, strata corporation lawyers or strata lawyers in Vancouver. He's been at it for, uh, I don't want to date you, Pat, so let's just say a long, long time, probably longer than almost everyone else in Vancouver. Would that kind of be accurate? Yeah, I've been doing it since 1979. So you've so, dated yourself now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no problems doing that. <laughs> Um, I think if you do, if anyone does a search in the uh, the BC Supreme Court um, judgment database, Pat's name will come up a lot. Pat's been involved in, um, I suppose, creating and in many times uh, evaluating the Strata Property Act and making changes to it. Isn't that is that correct? You're on that. Yes, uh, that's correct. Page? Yeah, I've been involved in that as, uh, quite a bit. And also, you have um, been selected to the uh, the tribunal. I have. Yeah, yeah. I've been appointed to the Civil Resolution Tribunal. Uh, that won't get up and running probably until the middle of next of 2016. Oh, perfect. And maybe we could take 30 seconds or maybe more just to quickly talk about that since our topic today is going to be bylaw enforcement for strata corporations. Do you want to quickly give us a thumbnail sketch of how the tribunal is going to work and what what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a remote... Uh, process so that uh, the whole idea is that people can use it online, use an online tool. Uh, right now, we're dealing with something called Solution Explorer, which is the is the setting up of the pathways uh, that people will travel along um, remotely until they get to a point where they either agree that they've got an issue and uh, it's not being addressed, or they agree that they're, the issue they thought they had, they no longer have. Once oh. they get there, so once they get there, the idea will then be there will be a case manager, and that case manager will attempt to, uh, well, facilitate anyway, uh, a settlement between the parties. And uh, if that case manager is unsuccessful, then the matter will go to an adjudicator who will be a tribunal member. So the tribunal member is actually the last resort in the uh, in the whole process, and we just don't know how many are going to are going to end up before the tribunal member and how many are going to be settled or resolved at the case manager level. Wow. So it sounds like there's a roadmap for the parties to follow, sort of like a checklist. Have you done X, Y, and Z? And if you haven't, do them, come back, and then there'll be a next question. Have you done A, B, C? And then presumably the solutions offered in those that roadmap might lead to resolution among the parties. Is that the plan? That's the plan. Wow, That's what a great solution. And uh, as you travel along the uh, pathway or the roadmap, uh, you'll have all kinds of uh, PDFs that give you, uh, when I say you, basically the owner or the strata corporation, but they, they give you a, uh, a really good summary of what the law what the law is, what the act says, and uh, what you need uh, to review to, to move further along the, uh, the, along the pathway. Well, that sounds like 
you know, something that's long overdue, and it sounds like it might be incredibly effective. And I look forward to seeing it because, you know, goodness knows there's a lot of disputes out in strata corporations, and uh, this might be hopefully something that will will keep a lot of stuff out of court and and probably educate a lot of people. Well, the idea is access to justice. So the idea is not only to keep it out of court, but provide a form of justice that is really quite reasonable from a cost point of view. It's getting to the point now where when you have to, you know, that leads into enforcement of bylaws, but when you have to enforce a bylaw, uh, you have different uh, remedies and options under the Strata Property Act. Uh, but if one of those options, and it often is, is going to court, uh, that's very expensive. Uh, you know, lawyers are not are not inexpensive. And so this the whole idea behind the tribunal uh, is to provide access uh, to justice at a, a very, very minimal cost. The cost is going to be no more than it would cost you to go to small claims. Wow. And that's a and, great, and that's a great and, segue. That's oh, right. Ahead. Yeah. And I was just going to say that once you've gone, once you've gone through and you've got a tribunal member's judgment or award, uh, that will, uh, that is the same as a court order. It can actually be filed in the, in the court and uh, treated as though a court had made the order. That's, going to be incredible in my view. I think that's going to be brilliant. Particularly since I think the courts have been saying that fining is not enforcing and enforcement often means having to go to court to obtain injunctive relief. Is that a correct view? Exactly. That, that, that's, that's my view. I, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that fining somebody isn't really enforcing a bylaw. All it's doing is punishing somebody for... Uh, for violating one of the bylaws. You know, and I, get, I, I use as an example Bill Gates and uh, if he had a St. Bernard dog. Uh, if you had a by, if the strata has a bylaw that says no dogs higher than 20 inches are permitted and Bill Gates moves into your complex with a St. Bernard and you fine him $200 a week, week after week as a result of breaking the bylaw, that's going to cost him approximately $800 a month. I mean, that's nothing for him, so he'll just continue to Pay the, the fine. So it'll be almost like a license fee to have a dog yeah, over 20, sure. 20 inches. Exactly. So he, what he ends up paying the fine and continuing to violate the bylaw. And in that situation, I can't see anybody agreeing that the council has enforced the bylaw. All they've done is punishing. They're just punishing someone for breaking it. Right. You know, to, in that situation, if you wanted to enforce the bylaw, you would have to proceed to court to get a an mandatory injunction requiring Bill Gates to remove the dog. Hmm. All right, let's stop there for a sec. Roll back. Let's some some listeners may not understand the process for bylaw enforcement. So. Maybe, Pat, if I could ask you to give us a thumbnail sketch of what happens from complaint to, you know, council receiving it, that sort of thing. What what needs to happen under the Act for... Uh, well, I, I think, you know, Barry, I think before going there... Um, I am going to I'm going to state what a bylaw is. Perfect. Okay, uh, a bylaw um, governs the use and enjoyment, uh, control, management, and maintenance of strata lots, common property, and common assets. So a bylaw basically governs the community. Mm -hmm. um, then you have rules. And rules only govern the use and enjoyment of common property. And so, a, an example would be um, the uh, the use of a swimming pool. That can be a rule 
but if a strata chooses, it can be a bylaw. And which has more force? If that's a if uh, that's the bylaw, the bylaw has, in my view, the bylaw has more force and takes precedent over the rule. So if you had a rule that was inconsistent with a bylaw, the bylaw will take precedence. Right. And for a bylaw to be enforceable, it has to be registered in the land title office. And it has to, and it cannot be inconsistent with the Act, the regulations of the Act, the Human Rights Code, or any other statute or law. And I guess um, the the rules are passed at a council meeting, and the bylaws are passed at general meetings. Is that correct? The rules are passed by council at a council meeting by a majority vote of council, and they they remain effective until the next general meeting of the owners. Mm -hmm. At the next general meeting of the owners, the owners have to ratify the rule by a majority vote. If they do not ratify that at the next meeting, then that rule no longer ceases or that no no longer exists. Okay, it ceases to exist. Mm -hmm. A bylaw requires a three-quarter vote of the owners. That's three-quarters of the person's present and person or by proxy at a general meeting. Uh, so three-quarters have to pass the bylaw, and uh, the bylaw has to be filed in the land title office. And that's and if you have both residential and non-residential strata lots, then a bylaw, you have to have a three-quarter vote of each of the owners of the residential lots and the non-residential lots. So the threshold. So a bylaw is much more difficult to get than a rule. Exactly, and I, what I guess what you're saying and what the courts are saying and whatever's saying is that the, the the rationale behind that is that if you're going to pass a bylaw, it really needs to have you know the supermajority of the ownership um, because after all, it's it's a it's a it's a law. Um, that governs their community, and and uh, I think that's what they're trying to achieve. Sure, and once it's passed, um, it's also difficult to uh, to revoke. You right. need another three quarter vote to ch- to uh, to remove it. Now, before we get into um, our, the main topic of our discussion, we're kind of branching off on all points, but it might be an interesting discussion in any event. Um, a subsequent council. Uh, comes in and they find out that, let's say, for instance, let's use your example, the 20-inch dog bylaw. And let's say they think it's a dumb bylaw. The council does, thinks it's a dumb bylaw. Um, and they choose not to enforce it. That is that up to the council to, to choose which bylaws to enforce? Well, under the Act, uh, I, th- I hate to say it, it's, the answer is yes and no. Uh, under the Act, the owners cannot direct the strata council on whether or not there has been a breach of a bylaw or if there has, um, how much the fine should be. That's in the complete discretion of the strata council. But at the same time, you have bylaws um, that people rely upon. The whole idea about having a the whole idea about a bylaw being registered in the land title office is that, that it gives notice to the world and provides predictability. Mm-hmm. And so, in the dog situation, if the bylaw were not enforced, and somebody was to put their property up for sale and you know say you had an open house and you had five or six different people looking at the open house and they saw a St. Bernard on the property, they would look at the bylaws and they would say, well, the pet bylaw is not being enforced. Right. Good so in, in that case, I can bring my, uh, my Great Dane on as well. So I'll go ahead and buy this unit and I'll bring my Great Dane. Well, what happens is all of a sudden you've got two or three or four dogs that are larger than the 20-inch restriction, uh, and chaos occurs because 
now the owners are looking at the strata council and saying well the strata council is not enforcing that bylaw so why would they you know why should i have to worry about them enforcing the parking bylaw and if they enforce a parking bylaw against me then all i can say is well you're not enforcing the bylaws look at the dog issue good lord and then what happens so when you get a, when you get that case when you get that situation where the strata Corp, the strata council is choosing which bylaws to enforce or which complaints which give rise to a, um you know the an inf- a contravention which ones to enforce how do you how do you begin to untangle that mess well it's very very difficult and you know and for example with a dog situation we i've seen it where you've got typically i've seen it with a no pet bylaw and all of a sudden somebody's got a pet and then somebody's got another pet and now you've got four pets in a complex that has no, has a bylaw that says no pets at that point um you have to step my advice to the strata is to step back uh, to create a registry of pets and say, okay, from this point forward, we are going, you know, we are going to enforce this bylaw, and those people who have pets at this point must register them, and they will be grandfathered. And once they've passed away, they can't be replaced. Well, that advice uh, was just free to people listening. <laughs> Thanks for you that. Know, I mean, that's. I mean, it's it's a really um, unsatisfactory solution, but it's pretty well the only solution. I I I would agree. I mean, I could not imagine undoing or unringing the bell, as it were, when you've got Bill Gates and you know all of his friends with with these. Besides, what's a twenty-inch dog? I'm just wondering. Doesn't matter. I suppose it's a little dog. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a little to medium-sized dog. <laughs> um, but you, anyway, but, I mean, I just use that as an example. Of but course, you could you know it could be a rental restriction bylaw. Of it, course, uh, it could be anything. All right. Well, let's go back. Well, thank you for that. Let's go now to uh, what gives rise to a, a bylaw um, infraction and, and what the council is supposed to do and how they go about enforcing it. Well, typically what happens is somebody will send a complaint letter to the council complaining about somebody who is uh, contravening one of the bylaws. Uh, If the council gets that kind of letter, the council now has a duty uh, to address the letter. Does it have to be in writing, Pat? The the complaint? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, Not necessarily. I mean, I think that uh, it's better that it is, but it doesn't have to be in writing. Okay. But what happens happens is at this point is the council has to has to perform their due diligence okay they've got to make a decision now on whether or not a person has contravened a bylaw and often it's you know it's one person's word against another uh, so the council has to dig a little bit uh, see if they can uh, get to the bottom of what the problem is uh, a classic one is noise Okay, uh, an owner is um, who who lives uh, below, uh, you know, a, say a first floor unit owner is complaining that the second floor unit owner is making too much noise. Mm-hmm. So the strata council receives that complaint either orally in writing. Now what do they do? Well, I guess the first thing they would do is they would contact the person on the second floor, and in doing that, they should be sending a letter pursuant to section 135 of the act. 
-hmm. And that letter should, uh, that section 135 of the act says that you cannot fine a person or uh, require a person to pay the cost of remedying a contravention of a bylaw um, or a rule for that matter, unless uh, that you have given that person the particulars of the complaint and the, uh, the opportunity to have a hearing before the council. Now, one of the questions that's often asked is, is the strata council obligated or, or do they have a duty uh, or some other, um, uh, you know, some other thing? That contravention, that letter that gave rise to the complaint, is that something that is private or does that have to get passed on to uh, the person uh, or the name well we we recommend that uh, the letter the letter be passed on but that you uh, delete or we call it redact um, anything in the letter that would identify the person who's complained so that you don't run in uh, a foul of the uh, personal information protection act or okay. PIPA as we know. know it you know so that's that's a that's a privacy issue so typically if you're going to send the letter that has the particulars and you don't have to send the letter you know all you have to do is um is um, just provide the particulars provide the, the particulars yeah well, that's good okay. to know so that many people who are not sure whether or not they should, you know, write a letter to the Strata Council, that's good to know that that, that their names can be redacted and it, it, it might have a little bit of anonymity and um, maybe there wouldn't be pushback from the people that are creating the noise. Good point. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, then, so you, you know, you send that letter and then you see what the, the response is. Now, the response may be, um, I'm not creating noise or I wasn't even there at that time. Time. Therefore, how could I create this noise? That's the due diligence that the strata council has to perform. And once they've performed that due diligence, and it could be, uh, you know, one way of, of doing it is to, uh, is to say to the person who's making the complaint, let us, let a couple of members of council attend in your unit to see if, in fact, the council members believe there's noise or that the noise is unreasonable. Right. You know, keep in mind, you're always going to get noise in a strata. The question is, is the noise that you're getting unreasonable? Right. And how do you find out what's reasonable or unreasonable? Well, the best way is to have a couple of council members go and listen to it. That's a good point. But, you know, and that's the, that's the due diligence that the strata council performs. Now, once they've done that, then they have to make a decision. They either decide that there's been a contravention of a bylaw or there has not been a contravention of a bylaw. In other words, the noise is reasonable. Mm -hmm. And um, once they've made that decision, then it's up to the owner who's making the complaint um, to, um, to take it further if indeed the strata council says there is no uh, there is no violation of the bylaw. Mm -hmm. So in other words, uh, you know, there's two options. Okay, either council says there is a violation of the bylaw, or council says there is not a violation. Mm -hmm. If council says there is no violation, then the owner making the complaint has their remedies, and they can, you know, they could take they could take the strata council to court, or you know, in next year they'll be able to take the strata council to the civil resolution tribunal. Right. Right. that's the kind of thing that the tribunal will be dealing with. Mm -hmm. If the strata council says, uh, indeed, yes, there, your complaint is valid, there is noise, now they have to decide how they're going to enforce the bylaw because it's now being contravened. Can I go back one step? 
Sure. Um, I was noticing, you know, reading a bunch of uh, case law as I as I tend to do, and pretending to, you know, be that lawyer that maybe I should have been, but maybe don't have the smarts to be. Um, the reasonableness test of the noise, in your view, would it be better? Would it be better or advisable to have a third party come in, measure the noise, and I don't know if there's, uh, you know, a gauge or some other measure in which to determine reasonable noise? Is that something you ever advise your clients? Yeah. Yep. No, no, that, that's something that could be done through an acoustic expert. And uh, absolutely. And I'm wondering, but, going forward, then, if 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 that's the council's sort of recommendation, let's get a third party in there to determine it, so that they're not wearing the council's not wearing it themselves, making the determination of reasonableness. The question of costs for that test often come up, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but I think that, that the cost of that test is always going to be that of the Strata Corporation. Okay, all right. You know, even if, even if the owner, even if you find that there is noise and the, and the owner has contravened the bylaw, yeah. in my view, um, you know, if you're going to go through that kind of testing, then typically it's going to be an, oblig- it's going to be a, a, an expense of the Strata Corporation. You know, there's another, uh, there's another great tidbit, Pat, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Strata Corporations struggle with who to charge that to. Uh, and that's uh, that's really great advice. Okay, sorry, I cut you yeah. off. Go ahead. No, that's fine. So, I mean, if if a person has, um, if you've come to the conclusion a person has contravened the bylaw, then you've got then you've got your options with respect to enforcement. You know, one of the options is to fine. And typically, that's what takes place, at least in the beginning. And yeah, and although I've indicated earlier that's not necessarily enforcement, uh, so there are a lot of people who, if they do get fined, will start violating a bylaw. So it is worth doing the fine, uh, but just by doing a fine, just by levying a fine doesn't necessarily mean that you've now got money from that owner. If the owner doesn't pay the fine, uh, then the only way you can recover the fine is to take that owner to court. Hmm. Typically small claims because the fines are less than $25,000. But that's what happens is you end up in court trying to recover these fines. And as of, as of, uh, I think it's June 1st of, of 2013, we have the new Limitation Act. Uh, and any of the listeners um, should make it, should be very much aware. It's very important to be aware that the Limitation Act is two years. And so if you've got a fine or even a uh, um, arrears of strata fees or arrears of special levies that has not been paid and you don't start a court action on it within two years, then that debt absolutely ceases to exist. Wow. Good now, point. the Thank CRT you. is also dealing with limitations. So if you take an action before the CRT, before the two years is up, then you're not caught by that limitation. Just So it's just as if you had taken it to court. Interesting. Good but you've got to do something within the two years or else all those any fine that's two years old is useless. Wow. So that's another reason why, to me, um, if the fines don't work right off the bat, and I, by that I mean within a few, within a couple of months, mm-hmm. then I think you seriously w- want to either look at commencing an action in court, mm-hmm. and this is assuming the uh, the tribunal's not up yet, uh, taking an action in court, uh, or uh, changing your bylaw. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there are some bylaws out there that 
most people think are ridiculous. Exactly. And for, then, whatever, for whatever reason. And that was one of the questions we talked about is that, uh, you know, either the council can choose to enforce it or they can turn a blind eye or they can create that exactly. register, as you mentioned it. Or I suppose the prudent thing would be bring it back to the owners at a general meeting and strike that bylaw. Exactly. But let's now, go back to the enforcing. So we have this person who's who's suffering some noise, let's say, and uh, this yeah. thing is going on and they're they're not sleeping. They're They're going crazy. They are... You know, they've reached the end of their rope, as it were, uh, and the process is not a fast one, is it? No, it's not. And the other, and the next thing is, if you're going to, if the strata is going to enforce that bylaw, the strata council can't just take an action to court. They have to get the authorization of the owners under Section 171, which is a three-quarter vote. So that's the first thing they have to do is get a resolution to commence an enforcement action. And then secondly, they've got to pay for it. So let me, how are they going to let pay me for it? Then you're going to need a three-quarter vote uh, for a special levy. So, so there's a couple of tripwires here. So we've got um, the enforcement of the bylaw, which the courts have been saying, uh, do something about it, either take it to the CRT when it's up and running or... Uh, bring it to court and seek injunctive relief. But in order to get before the court, the, the owners need to pass a three-quarter vote resolution, which in in, in itself may uh, stop, uh, you know, stop the council from acting. Yes, but uh, and my experience is the three-quarter vote to start the action isn't the isn't the tough one. The oh. tough one is the three-quarter vote to fund the action. Ah. Okay. In other words, you have to do a special levy on everybody except the per, except the accused. They don't have to pay um, for the special levy pursuant to the act. So everybody but the accused, um, they have to get a three-quarter vote to start the action. So my experience is while there a vast majority of the owners um, are upset that an owner is contravening the bylaws, when they're asked to put up money to make sure this person no longer contravenes the bylaws, all of a sudden they don't have they don't necessarily have the appetite. Wow. And I suppose and, the owner that's suffering the noise has um the right or the uh, you know the, the the right I suppose to take it to the CRT when it's up and running, but alternatively they have the right to take the strata corporation to court themselves, don't they? Well, yeah, but that and that's one of their remedies. So, if you decide if the strata decides that either A, there is no contravention of a bylaw, yeah. or B, there has been a contravention of a bylaw, but you haven't been able to get the three-quarter vote to start an action or to fund it, uh, then the owner has, their, has the right to start their own action under Section 164 or 165, stating that either they're being unfairly um, dealt with or that the strata corporation is not uh, discharging its obligations under the act and of course and that one cost- of the obligations is to enforce the bylaws exactly and that costs the owner significant money which they which will they they typically won't receive all the money back if they're successful. No, we're told, I mean, when people ask us how much these court cases cost, it's very difficult because each one is different. But I think a range of 25000 to $35,000 is not unreasonable. Uh, you know, so if it's going to cost any, if it's going to cost a strata or an owner $35,000 to, to take such a claim, you can see where a lot of the claims people just give up. 
and I and I suppose this is the the, the one of the primary reasons the CRT the, uh, the the tribunal has come into place because then this makes uh, the justice affordable. Well, the, we don't know exactly what the cost will be, but we're told it'll be around the same as small claims. So the difference the difference is thirty five thousand dollars in court and uh, two hundred and fifty dollars CRT. Yeah, long time coming, I think. So you can see there's a huge difference, and I, it'll be very interesting when the CRT does get up and running because I'm, you know, my anecdotally, there's thousands of people, uh, thousands of stratas and strata owners out there just waiting for the tribunal to be up and running so they can do whatever they can, they want to do. Yeah, there might be an overflow of cases initially, but hopefully, as you described the process earlier, that there's steps they go through. Hopefully that weeds it out so that you, you as a tribunal member, are not exactly. faced with, you know, 200 cases of, you know, noise, because uh, I think you might end up going crazy. Yeah. Now, and, uh, the other thing your listeners must understand is that um, when you fine somebody for the breach of a bylaw, you cannot put that, you cannot include that fine in a lien. Uh, on the property, you can only lean on the property if it's arrears of strata fees or special levies, um, and um, you cannot withhold a form F exactly yeah. because someone hasn't paid the fines. And the reason you can't is because levying fines doesn't necessarily mean that a person has violated the bylaws. It means that the council is of the view they've violated the bylaws. Oh, very good point. But until you get to court, it's not a judgment. Very, very All it good is point. is a levy. Very good point. Now, what about the case where um, the, the owner needs to sell? The, the option is to put it in trust, I understand. The funds. Oh, the form F, yeah. yeah. You can put the money in trust. and then. But that gets expensive because the money's in trust. Uh, how are you going to get it back out? Yeah, exactly. Typically with lawyers. <laughs> yeah. You know, I well, mean, they, I mean, we're always dealing with the Strata Property Act and and law, and that's the way our society works. And so, exactly, uh, we need that objectivity. We need that. I believe we need that objectivity because, you know, as you and I both know, there are council members and some, let's just call them rogue council members who take the view that they are going to police their Strata Corporation, and and they become. It becomes a nightmare to live in a place like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that um, the um, what was I going to say? The uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the the noise issue that we talked about, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's also important for uh, uh, strata councils, especially, to realize that the test with respect to reasonableness is an objective test, not a subjective test. And what I mean by that is, is the noise unreasonable um, on an objective basis, okay? Uh, and a subjective basis would be somebody who is very um, sensitive to noise, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, if a person is very sensitive to noise, that's subjective. Objective is what the ordinary person, the typical person, right. would believe is too much. Now, following okay. following on the, you know, there's an election of the council members, and so presumably the, the neighborhood or the community has elected this group of people to act on their behalf, and, and they're trusting those people to make these decisions. So, um, you know, whether they think it's reasonable or not doesn't really um, matter. They, they've been entrusted with that duty. 
Exactly. I think. Yep. Now we get to the point where you know nothing is being done. It's months and perhaps even a year or two before anything goes on. Uh, what what happens? What what what, what you know? Where, where do you go? What do you do? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've been if the Strata Council has been doing has been doing nothing for months. Uh, then the person who's doing the complaining uh, has uh, has options. Either they back off or they. Uh, they, send, they, they can send a letter to the Strata Council saying they want a hearing to find out why the council is not doing anything about their complaint, or they can commence an action themselves. Yeah. Again, that $25,000 Well, action. that's right. Yeah. But they'll wait until the CRT is up and running, hopefully, and then you'll have lots of stuff to deal with. There, well, that's right. And and yeah. the way the CRT deals with it will help will help people then decide how they're going to run their stratus. Well, Pat, I want to let's leave it there for now. I want to thank you very much, and um, I hope to speak to you again soon on another topic. Um, I think it's been very informative for our listeners. I'm sure they're they're going to listen to this again and again, trying to figure out what what to do and what not to do. Well, you're welcome, and I hope that it helps them. It does. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Barry.